0: Welcome to Hop Radio and NDTV Hop Live Production.
1: Welcome to Combating Coronavirus, the podcast where we talk about the global struggle against COVID 19. On today's episode, how South Korea managed to control COVID 19 and what does it plan to do going forward? Now so I'm Deepit Maggie,
0: And I'm Priyanka Pan. So Deepit, South Korea saw its first confirmed case of COVID-19 on the 20th of January. That's the same day as the United States. Yep. And we can all see the results. Here we are at the beginning of May and completely different scenarios going on in terms of how both countries are dealing with the virus.
1: Yeah, so the US obviously has more than a million cases now. It is the worst affected country by COVID-19. South Korea, on the other hand, has managed to control that outbreak very well, insofar as they never actually went on a complete lockdown. They never needed to do so. And of course, South Korea is the gold standard in terms of testing that everyone in the world uses as an example. But let's have a closer look at what they exactly did to control COVID-19, right? So 20 January, of course, was the first case, as we discussed. But by 18th of Feb, South Korea had only 30 cases and no death. They managed to contact trace and isolate their early cases so well. But then patient 31 is quite famous in South Korea. There's a Vox video about this and everything. Patient 31 was a super spreader, right? This was a woman who visited a lot of places, went to restaurants, went to church. And she alone spread that virus to uh, more than 100 people. And from there, it just started snowballing, you know? And in the next 10 days, they had over 2,300 cases. And at one point, they actually had the highest numbers outside of China.
0: I mean, I remember talking about korea in february and thinking oh goodness yeah. like this seems like the yeah. situation is just going to be out of control and i cannot believe that about three months later we're talking about how well they're doing and how they're talking about easing out of this situation and sort of returning to some sense of normalcy there's a lot of things that led to this right including i think right from the get-go the government was extremely transparent about what was happening with the public yeah They talked about how, you know, how the virus was spreading, what their action plan was. And I was looking at some reports from Korean media where locals were talking about how, you know, despite everything that was happening, Mm. they felt a sense of, well, at least we know what's going on. We're clued into the situation. We're not in the dark. We're not being told to, you know, just stay indoors for no reason or, you know, very little reason. So I think that approach seems to have served South Korea really well.
1: Yeah. The government was also quite focused on giving joint response that is pooling in all resources. So if one district had a shortage of like PPE kits or hospital beds or anything like that, next district would fill in and this was enforced across the country, right? So there was uniformity in the response across the areas. There was not one area where it was able to deal with better than the other because all resources were pooled.
0: Yeah. And that I think in part comes from their experience of dealing with the MERS outbreak in 2015. Don't you agree?
1: Yeah. The mass outbreak was also caused by an earlier strain of a coronavirus and South Korea's experience in dealing with it led to their belief in mass testing as much as possible.
0: There you go. You've said it. The T word, testing. I think that's what we found again and again and again. Yes. In any country that seems to have done well in containing the virus, it ultimately always comes back to testing. Unless you test, unless you isolate, unless you figure out who these people are that are infected with the virus, how on earth are you going to stop it from spreading? And South Korea did some incredible stuff in terms of its testing capabilities. So January 20th, you know, is when the first COVID-19 case was reported in South Korea but even before South Korea saw its first confirmed case of COVID-19 one of its biggest biotech firms had already started to make a COVID-19 testing kit which I think is pretty incredible they were really ahead of the curve
1: yep far far ahead of the curve and of course testing there was freely available to all so anyone whom the government wanted to test it was free for them and people who wanted to get tested but had no symptoms or were not suspected could pay for it but testing was available to everyone who wanted to right no one was turned away And tests were very, very simple. They had a nasal swab test that you could do in a drive-in. So you get in your car, you go to the testing booth in your car, you're tested while being in your car and then you drive back home. So you're not exposed. It's incredibly easy. It's incredibly quick and results were very fast. So everyone could, even if they wanted to get tested for peace of mind, they could choose to do so.
0: Yeah. And think about how safe you're keeping your healthcare workers as well, right? There's limited exposure there in their car. You know, your your doctors are kitted out with their PPE. It's really a well thought out strategy.
1: Of course even when you do get tested positive then you are sent to quarantine and I saw a video of journalists who work for an international organization I forget which one it was but she was sent to quarantine and she made a video out of it and their quarantine pods essentially or the little quarantine rooms they had were so well made so she was put up inside a stadium in these makeshift quarantine rooms and her room had a bed it had a table to work on it had wi-fi it was completely hygienic looked very clean and it looked like genuinely a great place to live in, honestly. So even the people who were sent to quarantine didn't despise it or people weren't trying to, you know, escape from the situation where we've reported on some stories in India where people went to quarantine and they were faced with completely dirty facilities. Abysmal. Yeah no running water stuff like that the food quality not great so all of that also affects how much people are willing to trust the government right and in south korea people were trusting the government completely
0: yeah it's interesting right i think that trust factor also led to south korea not imposing a lockdown and yet most south Koreans chose to stay indoors they willingly engaged in social distancing to help and you know stop the spread of the coronavirus one interesting thing i found i was reading the guardian a south korean journalist talked about how the country has a culture of deliveries. Right. So that also helped ensure people stay indoors. So she was talking about how, you know, you can get anything delivered within 12 to 24 hours. And of course, if you can get things that you need as a comfort, you know, without leaving the comfort of your own home, if you can stay indoors, it would probably make you more likely to choose to stay indoors.
1: They were able to enforce this to a level where on the 15th of April, they held elections, like countrywide elections wow. with a voter turnout of 66%, wow. which by the way is the highest in 2018 during the middle of this wow. coronavirus pandemic you know forcing the world to stay home and they managed it very well they were able to enforce social distancing with voting they were able to do all of that and no major outbreaks were reported due to the elections
0: yeah and the pictures coming out of that election process are absolutely incredible right and I think they sort of point towards a new normal as well you see people you know with keeping distance while queuing up to vote you see them sort of you know dousing their hands with hand sanitizer before they go in all of them wearing face masks making sure that they again wipe down any surfaces that they're touching again putting on hand sanitizer once they come out I guess that is that's going to be our life for the next two two three years yeah
1: so the South Korean government has come out with document a plan that says that look no one knows when a vaccine will or will not be available COVID-19 might very well be a part of our lives for the next two years so they've planned for the next two years or what life will look like in the next two years with the threat of COVID-19 still looming large what's evident from this plan is that even if we do have to deal with COVID for the next two years, it doesn't necessarily have to mean a complete lockdown, right? Like, quote-unquote normal life can still continue if we keep in mind a few things and we make a few lifestyle change. A few residents of South Korea were interviewed by NPR who said that washing hands and, like, sanitizing doorknobs and surfaces had become a normal part of life for them. Like, they don't even think about it anymore. It's just mechanical. It's like putting your socks on in the morning. You just do it. It's not something you have to be reminded to do. So that is seeped into the culture of lifestyle there, which has made a huge difference, obviously.
0: I think in the same way, South Korea is predicting sort of, you know, a change in how we do things that we thought were so ordinary before like going to work right so rather than going into the office they're encouraging you know video conferencing they're encouraging flexible hours to make sure that people who don't have to be at work who don't have to converge in a different place aren't don't have to do that they can do it from you know the way that we all are at this moment you know sitting at home trying to be as productive as possible
1: of course some people can't work from home and those people will have to travel to their jobs but everyone who can should is what they're saying and it looks like most South Koreans are following. following their directions. Also, restaurants are also back to functioning in South Korea and the directions there are that restaurants must ensure physical distance in seating. So tables must be at a significant enough distance. And they also recommend that if they can, they should erect barriers in between tables so that there's very little chance of uh, droplets transferring or anything like that. And of course, they did ask people to, you know, eat quickly and get over with as soon as possible at restaurants. And restaurants on their part must encourage delivery and takeaway and all those options.
0: You know, one interesting thing i found in their plan was even when shopping malls reopen yeah things are going to be quite different you know there's going to be no sampling allowed you have to make sure that even when people are queuing up to pay that there's enough distance between each person yeah. that they're you know maintaining that required distance and one thing that i found really interesting was that apparently there's going to be no more sales talk to me about that
1: <laughs> so the government has barred shopkeepers from soliciting people to come to their store so what this means is that you know you can't give offers or, or ask people to come to your store so you can't be like hey 50% off in the post-covid sale come to our store to prevent overcrowding so that may mean all sales
0: so no rushes at Zara anymore
1: (laughs) not not physically for a while at least sales may move completely online in South Korea public transport is also a huge part of normal life and there is a provision and a plan for public transport to restart but it must mean that people are seated on public transport so the capacity goes down by a lot and even when people book seats they must ensure social distancing so no two seats that are together should be booked together and stuff like that. So. It will be at a much lower capacity. But with the new directives also saying that people should not travel to work as much as possible, I think they'll be able to manage that load. Overall, I think there's just a focus on a new normal. So life will continue, and quote unquote normal life will continue, but it'll just be a different normal than the one we're used to. This requires complete trust from the public in what the government is doing. And the public must keep their guard up. They must not fall into complacency or imagine that the threat of the virus is gone. But yeah, as long as all of these things are kept in mind, we can get back to normal life or that's what it seems like at least.
0: You know, it's interesting. NBC News quoted an academic who was involved in drafting this two-year plan right. who said that, you know, they're going to be opening up an online forum where the average South Korean can submit their questions, their concerns, and even suggestions. So I think what we've been talking about, uh, the government's policy to operate with full transparency seems to be something that they're going to plan to continue even in the future. Another interesting thing that the academic said was that until the coronavirus subsides in other countries, yeah. we must assume it still exists here. Yeah. I think one thing that this virus has shown us all is that, you know, it doesn't respect borders. Nargo. It started out of Wuhan in China. The entire world is affected. Yeah. And I think even as we all try to figure out what our new normal will be, we need to make sure that we're not doing it with blinders on. It's you know We can see that one small thing has affected the entire world. And yeah. I think even when we come out of this pandemic, we need to make sure that the kinds of things that we're doing, you know, we can't come out of lockdown too fast. We can't go back to what we thought was a normal without keeping everyone else in mind.
1: Yeah, I think with that, let's move on to the good news for today's episode. So Priyanka, what do we have today? Oh,
0: I love this story. So Mumbai's mayor is Kishori Pednekar. She used to be a nurse until right. as recently as 2001 right. when she entered active politics. So, you know, we all know that our doctors, our nurses, our healthcare workers have borne the brunt of, you know, the coronavirus. And so what she did was she decided to put on Her old uniform and she visited Nair Hospital in Mumbai. Mm -hmm. She met with the staff. She even met with young nursing students, many of whom the Hindu reports have been roped in to assist with the treatment of COVID positive patients. And while she was there, she actually said that she would be up for covering night shifts if the hospital needed. That way, the Hindu quotes her as saying that she could balance her responsibilities as mayor during the day and even help out as a nurse during the night.
1: Absolutely incredible. I think all helping hands aren't necessary in this crisis.
0: And with that, it's a wrap on combating coronavirus. This is Priyanka Pant and Deepit Maggie.